we had, and I got interviewed last week and I think it was, I think somebody actually counted. I think he has 308 words. Yeah. Not lions words. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny because I think we had 600 in the first movie. So <laughs> I counted, he'll really take the Sharpie. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say, it. I'm just going to give, okay, eyebrow. <laughs> this would be a look. No, 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 eyebrow. <laughs> so like, we're going, okay, well, is this an eyebrow line? You'll ask him, he's like, yeah, this is an eyebrow. <laughs> okay, get, get the 90 mil in. We're going for the eyebrow. Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In this episode, a legendary hitman endures new challenges in director Chad Stahelski's action thriller, John Wick, Chapter 4. The latest installment in the franchise finds John Wick forced to take his fight against the high table across the globe as he seeks out the most powerful players in the underworld. With the price on his head ever increasing, he faces off against a new enemy with powerful alliances and forces that turn old friends into foes. In addition to John Wick Chapter 4, Stahelski's other directorial credits include John Wick, John Wick Chapter 2, and John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Following a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Stahelski spoke with director Louis Leterrier about filming John Wick Chapter 4. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Hello, hello. So I am Louis. And I am Chad. <laughs> uh, we're friends, and I admire this man. So um, let's talk about John Wick movies. How do you write them? That, is it action first, then story, or story, location, little bit of story. <laughs> no, actually it's, um, when we started the first one, we knew we wanted to do like a modern day mythical kind of thing. So Keanu and I would go, we'd put on the whiteboard, everything we, we loved about action movies and everything we thought could use a little improvement. Um, <laughs> a lot of our own films. And then, uh, we kind of knew we had a little bit of a, a story, how we wanted to go. But then for the, as we progressed, a lot of times we'll go on scouts. I spend a lot more time scouting. So we'll have an idea like for John Wick, we knew we wanted to do like the, uh, like a modern day version of like good, bad, the ugly, this, uh, triangulation of who's good, who's bad, that kind of thing. We Keanu, the tracker and Donnie, we knew we already had that formation. Then we went out and we scouted a lot of, uh, especially in Paris, and, you know, we knew we wanted to end in front of a church for like the symbolism of Sacre Coeur. Mm -hmm. no Notre Dame was still under construction, so we couldn't do that. Um, but we managed to, uh, when we were scouting Sacre Coeur, you know, we literally came to the top of the stairs and me and my stunt team, we looked down and just went, oh yeah, somebody's going down this. <laughs> <laughs> and then wait a minute, wait, 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 somebody's going to go down it and come back up it. No, 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 we'll go up, down. Okay, we kind of figured out the Buster <laughs> Keaton of it all. And we literally wrote that whole ending oh, really? on the van ride home. You were like, we got to use this. John Wick's greatest enemy, the yeah. stairs. <laughs> exactly, Sacre Coeur. And then we were literally on the, on, the, on the location scout early in Paris. We were driving back. We were staying over by the Ark. Uh -huh. And we got, we got stuck <laughs> in the traffic. Yeah. And we knew we wanted to do a, a sequence with, um, in, in, in 
like all the martial art choreography stuff we do, we, we always look at locations, right? You always try to find what we say, the obstacle, you know, mirror rooms, houses, um, anything to get in the way of people. So it becomes more intricate in how we choreograph. And we thought, well, we wanted to do a moving set piece mm -hmm. and you know, moving set piece for us, right? Cars, so we'll make the, wall, the walls move with cars. Mm -hmm. And we were looking for a space to do it. And when we were scouting Paris, we got in the Arc de Triomphe traffic. We're like, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> so that's kind of how we, so again, that was another one written literally at the hotel. Amazing. You know, <laughs> I personally, as a Frenchman, I'm a little offended uh, about the, you know, the, the, no the ethics, no the, the driving ethics of French people, but yes, it's fine. Um, uh, all right. So, okay. You've got your script. How do you prep this movie? Do you, mm. do you storyboard? Do you stun vis? Uh, can you explain what a stun vis is? Do you pre-vis uh, for the people? Yeah, yeah. For the people out here, sometimes like an animatic, if you go to like company three or something like that, that's an animation of a sequence that you may or may not want to do moving storyboards. What some people call a, a pre-vis or a, a stun vis, you, you'll work out the choreography with your stunt team and they'll either go in the parking lot with cars or you'll, you'll go in the gym. You'll try to do a, a loose approximation of the set piece and the guys will actually, you know, act out the fight scene and choreograph. So when we see it, it's loosely edited and then we kind of make adjustments to it or go back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, we, we do usually when in our second unit careers or choreography careers, we'll do a lot of sun fits. Mm -hmm. uh, funny enough, we do very little on John Wick. Yeah. Um, because there's so much martial art choreography and so much with Keanu, we train him very differently than we would going into another film or another thing and on how we would train a cast member in choreography. Keanu is, it's almost identical to dance. We'll teach patterns and sequences, a series of 10 to 20 moves, knowing that they're going to be interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Then we'll find the locations. Like it's hard to build 222 steps in the gym. So we'll build a small piece and right. try to replicate the sequences. So we'll kind of choreograph and do all that. Then we'll go back and we'll take a loose previs, just like a wide master shot of the whole thing. And I'll give my notes to my stunt guys and we'll go back and forth and back and forth. We feel it's pretty good mm -hmm. knowing that we're going to section it depending on the location. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's written out in beat sheets. So we have a, a pretty good idea for the Arctic Triumph sequence. Yeah, we'll, that's a lot of boards. We'll mm -hmm. board out keyframes and stuff. We knew we were going to use a drone as a tracking vehicle along with a Russian arm or now a... I mean, a tracking arm. Mm. Um, so it was more boarded to be what device are we going to use? Mm -hmm. We knew all the, the drone, uh, all the counter spin shots because you can't get the tracking arm or the crane arm in there because mm -hmm. it would, you know, oncoming traffic. We did the drone to pull around the Eskiana, swung it. So all the uh, drone storyboards were here so the drone guys could practice that. We knew we were going to weave through traffic on the, on the camera vehicle here, so we were going to do that. So mm -hmm. we board for very specific reasons, mm -hmm. not just, oh, is this going to work? And, and how... <clears throat> deep into the prep process do you bring your actors? You bring Keanu and Keanu started uh, from day of principal photography. He was brought in. Um, we always say you got to get in shape to get in shape. So mm -hmm. we'll bring him about six months out. He'll start with a trainer just to six months <laughs> just to get in shape a little bit <laughs> so he's got all the you know he's oiled back up he's got the body moving yeah, yeah. and about five five about five months out he'll start with the the weapons training the driving you know we have a great facility outside of la here at will springs i don't know if you guys it's a racetrack up here that they let a lot of us use for rehearsals so he'll be up there working with the vehicles two three times a week mm -hmm. the the martial arts stunt team uh four or five times a week and the firearms people like twice a week wow. <clears throat> uh and then do you do shot lists? Do you know exactly what you're going to do during the day? Do you have a you know, plan mm. B, plan B, plan C? Uh, usually plan A. <laughs> <laughs> that, that goes out the window when you get out of the van, I think. 
<laughs> we shoot so much on location. Yeah. I think you have a big, we, we know what we're trying to achieve. And then, you know, working with Dan Laos and my cinematographer, yeah, we, we, we have a fairly decent shot list, mm -hmm. but we're pretty loose. Sometimes you start working on the choreography. Again, it's hard to do, you know, 200 cars in a roundabout with stunt guys and a dog in rehearsals. So mm -hmm. we'll take our best get at the shot list. But then the week before when we're doing all the dress rehearsals, we'll go out and that's when we tighten up the shot list. We're like, okay, this was never gonna work. And you see what the drone can do. Okay, rework the shot list. Mm -hmm. And then you see all your tools. So we kind of reverse engineer back out from what we wanted, if that makes sense. Makes all sense. Does, does, you know, so once production has started, do you just keep shooting, shooting, shooting? Or do you take days to rehearse? For example, the Arc de Triomphe scene, the, you know, every time there's a giant set piece, do you stop production and rehearse for a couple of days with everybody um, present? No, good question. Um, what we do, we do the whole stunt department thing a little differently. Um, on this movie, there were five choreographers and three stunt coordinators, and they almost act independently. There's a rehearsal unit, like everyone's given a sequence. Like we have like our, our on this was Scott Rogers, who's the supervising stunt coordinator. And then our three main choreographers, or stunt coordinators, one will prepare the Arc de Triomphe. So he's always, as we're shooting, he's rehearsing that as we're getting ready. Like, so we have one person in Paris as we're in Berlin shooting, he's rehearsing, prepping all that. Then we have one person prepping the stair sequence. So they're always probably about two weeks ahead of me where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And then Keanu kind of bumps in like, you know, Keanu's a, a different human, so he doesn't mind training every weekend, <laughs> bouncing around to the stuff. I saw him recently, I had lunch with him. He was like, I'm, I'm tired, man, yeah, I'm he, tired. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's into romantic comedies now. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how long was the shoot? We did, uh, we're working just at the tail end of the COVID protocol. So mm -hmm. we were from set to wrap, we were 10 hours. So I think with that, with like, I think it was like a, with the um, 40 minute lunch in Europe or mm -hmm. 45 minute lunch about. Yeah. So if you think about that, we did um, 100, uh, 103 total uh, days. Nights. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that was my next day. <laughs> no, the crew <laughs> hates can me. See, I, it's, yeah. No, yeah, it was, it was a, it was 100 European days of night. nights and three days in the desert. Wow. So yeah. The, Did you finish with the desert? You yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, we, yeah. They like needed a little yeah, it's, sunlight. It's the carrot at the end. It's because yeah. you're like, guys, guys, we're going to tell them. Yeah, these guys. They need a little vitamin D. Stick with D. me. Yeah, the vitamin D at yeah, the yeah, end. Exactly. The exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your coverage. I mean, obviously some of the greatest action shots, set pieces ever uh, created. Um, how... How much do you shoot? How many, because obviously you have to preserve your, your team, your, your yeah. actors, because you put them in the action. So can you tell us about this? Yeah, I think um, my cinematographer, Dan Lauston, um, we really, like, I'm a huge David Lean fan for any Lawrence of Arabia people out there, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did the alpha anamorphic lenses, the, mm -hmm. the new lenses with a very shallow depth of field, but yeah. we wanted that. And we, again, when you don't have, that much money and you're trying to expand, I guess your, your, your franchise or you're trying to expand your world out a little bit. I think shooting an anamorphic and finding the set pieces, like um, the Marquis office was actually a crematorium in Berlin with the big mm -hmm. columns in it. And we, we tried, the club was a former uh, power station that we plumbed in all the waterfalls to. Right. So you combine big set pieces with the, you know, the, the anamorphic lens and you have this, you know, gigantic epic feeling kind of film and then you know with dan's color choice and how we set up the color palettes mm -hmm. you know we try to give that otherworldly experience like you know your blade runner your dune kind of modern day sci-fi mm -hmm. kind of thing and from there like 
we all, you know, always start with Dan. We'll want to do the widest first. We'll try to set the world. We'll try to give the rhythm or set the color palette for it. And then, you know, with the anamorphs, it's kind of like a Leone thing. You want mm. to try and, you know, I believe in the blocking so you can walk into the close-up, cut back out. And somewhat minimal with the close-up. So just, you know, Keanu himself likes to say he's a big screen actor. <laughs> I think it really did. We had, an, I got interviewed last week and I think it was, I think somebody actually counted. I think he has 308 words. Yeah. Not lions words. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny because I think we had 600 in the first movie. So I can't, he'll really take the sharpie. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say, that. I'm just going to give, okay, eyebrow. <laughs> this would be a look. No, 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 eyebrow. <laughs> so like we were going, okay, well, is this an eyebrow line? You'll ask him. He's like, yeah, this is an eyebrow. Okay, get, get the 90 mil in. We're going for the eyebrow. Um, that's always fun to try and create that, that language with the close up and the, the eye longer the lens that they get more excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah movie. Exactly. Woody Harrelson was Sometimes like 75, just, I come yeah. alive. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah, you know, the below that, okay. they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just yell out hundred mil. Oh, hundred. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They perk up. Exactly. Oh, that's an Ian McShane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Hundred. Come up. Uh, um, so yeah, so, so not that many takes of the why, but then afterwards you go into coverage and then, yeah. and then, you know, do you take, I mean, do you preserve your, you have to, you really have, I mean, these are, it's, it's, these are grueling scenes yeah. and that you, you know, and it's not just one, two, three accent set pieces. It's yeah. old I, time. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it, like, um, we prep really. And like, again, um, you know, uh, a very standard mentality is, I'm sure most people is like 10 to 12 weeks of prep. You have your 10, 12 weeks of shoot, and then you're 30 weeks of prep or 30 weeks of post. Um, but in it, like most, like you know, you're, you're, you know, so I got my stunt team on three, four months out, four or five months out working with Keanu. And then we get, they were building the sets, your production designer, your cinematographer's brought in. Like I bring my cinematographer out way early, like four months early. So we're already scouting and doing stuff. But when it comes to the camera guys, you know, it, most People don't realize sometimes on big fight sequences, the, the camera guys, they're walking on set for the first time seeing it, or they might've seen a, a previs or something. Um, a lot of what we do to get the longer takes is I'll bring like my steady cam, my A operators, they'll come out almost with the stunt guys. So they're, they're rehearsing for eight weeks out. They're the ones that actually shoot the stunt fizz, not the stunt guys. Not Nothing against my stunt people, but I just wanted the, the camera to actually, and they'll do it with the Alexas, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, we'll record on video like that. So they're very, they're part of the rehearsal team. But, but you guide this, right? Because yes. obviously We're there the know, whole we have time. a very, you know, lots of directors in the room have different cutting styles. Yeah, Your no, style I, I is like cut as least as possible, yeah. right? Correct. I, I think we, we, by the time we get there, like again, like when we're rehearsing the parking with cars, I'm there with the camera crew with the, I, we don't let, I'm not just sitting there waiting for the stunt guys to give me the tape. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm there shooting the, the stunt viz with them. Because uh, again, when you're looking at the Arctic Triumph, what you, somebody, it's easy to forget, but there's a steady gamut and an A operator yeah, dodging yeah. the traffic too. <laughs> so they have to be part of the rehearsals. And it's funny when you deal with animals, especially with the Belgian Malawans or the dogs, they have to get like, you know, if the camera guy's in between them and the stunt guy, if you release the animal, the animal's going to go after to the, the camera guy. So they have cam. to be used to the camera guy. After you see the smell, yeah. like they have to be part of the dog rehearsals. So as the, the stunt team would go, you know, physical training in the morning with one of the cast, they'd go over to the animal training thing, get, get to know the, the animals, and then they'd go to wherever they had to go. But the, the camera team had to go with them. So the camera guys are spending an hour a day with the dogs, and they're spending an hour a day with the stunt guys at the, at the car rehearsal place, and they're coming back around. So they're very, very they're a huge part of rehearsals and that's what gives us the ability to, to go. So there's, you know, so everybody knows we're going for the long takes. We're going for the 20 to 30 moves. We're going for, you know, 15 cars to go by. We're going mm. for the 200 foot stairfall or whatever mm. by the time we get there. Do you, 
two cameras? Yeah, uh, we'll change. Well, sometimes we have up to five on the rigs, but it's it's always two filming at the same time. Can I ask about that? My favorite sequence of all time, <clears throat> the top shot. Top shot. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So <laughs> that guy. <laughs> It's just a top shot. Do you, it, it's, it's a pretty cool top shot with a boom, boom gun. So the doom, doom gun, the, the thing about this, you know, any, you know, sane director would have other cameras doing coverage, yeah, but no. <laughs> you're not, right? No, no I'm not very smart. <laughs> you're not I'm very smart. I'm in my head a lot. Oh, you have like, no. It's no, a, that, that, yeah. was, that was on a four point flying system, very right. similar to what they do the NFL on. We just put the um, four posts in the, in the in the stage and then hand the camera on something called the telescope. And we just built the walls to the height of that. The trick was finding out the right lens to know it's Keanu and keep it that so we could go up and down with the, the candy cane motion that you see in there. Mm. And then everything was done. Um, what you don't see is there's a stunt guy on a loudspeaker doing like a metronome. That's, yeah. He's counting one, two, three, all the way up to like, I think it was like 75. Mm. So everybody in the top shot, Keanu knows on like, you know, beats five, 15, 20, when to shoot, where to step. And all the stunt guys know when to come into frame. Everybody has a number and it's been rehearsed for two weeks. So as we're calling, it's just, just like a dance. But that's amazing. It gives you that feeling of a, of a ballet, you know, everything yeah. is very, so, so you, you get into the rhythm of the action. There's something yeah. quite, quite rhythmical about it, which is very pleasing for the audience. Yeah. There's, there's a four, four, um, we spend a lot of time with dance choreographers. Like a, a good friend of mine is Tyler Peck. She's one of the lead choreographers and dancers for the New York City Ballet. Mm. And we had a lot of talks and I, I was invited back when I was doing John Wick 3 in New York. And I got to watch a bunch of the rehearsals and it's amazing on the big Y shot. Like yeah. they got the metronome. They, obviously they have the music, but when they turn off the music and it's just the metronome snap, it's amazing to watch 50 Everybody. dancers all coordinate. So we just stole that from them <laughs> and we made it go on the top shot. That's amazing. So obviously that was a set and you shoot all around the world. What do you like? You're, you are you inspired by you know location? You like you know yeah, sometimes I, some stuff you have to shoot on on stage and that you cannot yeah, do otherwise. So I, I think I'm reactionary like that, but I think you know scouting. So I grew up with the old Bond movies, so when you see Bond in St. Moritz or something, you're like, yeah, I gotta go there. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's something powerful about being on location, and I wish I could say I could just be zero to one thinker, have a blank piece of paper, and just write down great ideas. But I think from all the the second unit and choreography and all the stuff I've done is like I'm I like going to a space and you see this space and then okay I know this is gonna look we'll put the lens it's fun to figure out it's like a puzzle that you can reverse engineer I think that's uh, for me and the choreography team that's one of our strengths mm -hmm. is taking logistical strength and then enhancing it or logistical space and trying to enhance it or expand on it mm -hmm. you know you see a staircase you're like how do I do this you go into water how do I do this you know you go in the warehouse with the three how do I do this you're already thinking okay I'm gonna jump over these steps and we're gonna tumble down. okay got it you can work with the space. And then when you need a little bit more control, I think like the, the abandoned building was an old hospital in Berlin. So we started there right, right. and we knew we wanted to do a top shot. We tried to do it in the real space. We're like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, right. So that's what you got to go. <laughs> so you get it. Yeah. Obviously you get inspired by this. Uh, no second unit. Uh, we did a little second unit. Yeah. A lot of, like what, uh, what, we, when we do the second units, like when we're like, in this case it was Scott Rogers, what we'll do is we'll go and we'll break out and we'll figure exact pieces. Okay, when I know I'm just using, uh, like for all the, the VFX tiling, I'll, I'll mm. parcel that out. But it's weird, I'll leave, my second unit is technically my first unit. 
I'll just that's exactly this. It's like yeah. you know, it's so tied to the action that I don't, yeah. I, like I, I was thinking I don't know how like to you know, writing it. questions. Yeah. I was like, ah, what's, so what's seen just with I don't know if she's here, my amazing line producer Louise Rosner. She figures out how I'm going <laughs> to shift the the whole. We actually, you know, we'll save money, save time, knowing that second unit is going to overlap. So we'll send the advance team to Paris to go scout me and the cinematographer and all that stuff, and we'll leave the actual first unit there, and we'll just extend them for a couple more days. And when I walk off, a sequence, Scott will step in and. We, we try not to plug holes. I try not to leave holes. Mm -hmm. We'll leave bits of sequence so I don't backlog myself or mm -hmm. get painted into a corner. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different mentality with second unit. It just takes, you have to know you're going to do that beforehand. So that money is set aside in logistics and the, the uh, location rentals, everything's kind of programmed into mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But we, we, we're kind of comfortable with that, that version of it. So you're talking about visual effects. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're obviously in love with the practicality of I like it, yeah. filmmaking and the stunt and everything. But you use a lot of visual effects oh, seamlessly. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what's the advantage of visual effects for you? Oh, I just, you can't, I mean, every muzzle flash in that movie is digital. Literally every muzzle flash. Mm. The blood, pa there's some practical blood hits, but just for enhancement, we couldn't do close quarter combat with yeah. blanks or anything like that. It's, it's, you know, we couldn't get 400 cars. So we had to tile quite a bit, you know, at the time it was COVID. So we tiled with some of the, the background in the, in the club scene, but, Safety wise, we can race the rigs, we can put cameras in shots, we can, you know, maximize efficiency pretty good. Um, you know, and like what VFX and, and digital intermediate now can do with lighting. I mean, there's colors in this we couldn't have done three years ago. The mm -hmm. purples, the pinks, the highlights, you know, that, that's the fun part is enhancing everything. One last question about your production uh, and then we'll go to move to post-production. How do you schedule a movie like this? Is it in terms of location mm -hmm. or difficulty? Are you are you taking in consideration the exhaustion of the yeah. crew? But I saw making of uh, you know what's your English uh, super um, steadicam operator making up no, of the James, staircase yeah. of the guy you know going up. No, with the steady he ran right up the stairs. With ran him. up and going so up. Impressive. I mean, it's so like so so. How do you plan that? You're just like, it, it is what it is because we have to move from one location to the next and just yeah, go, go, go. A, a little of that. I, I've been very fortunate. Mm -hmm. uh, all I, I never really have had a big cast issue, like dead end, like, you know, outdates or anything like that. So everyone's kind of been, even Donnie Yen in this one, like he, he made arrangements that I could, you know, have, have access to him the, the whole shoot. And at the time it was all the COVID protocol. So no one really wanted to travel or, you know, it was so much of, of quarantine that they didn't want to do that. So that was a little bit of an advantage actually. Um, I don't know when we schedule, we kind of know, okay, we're going to do the numcheck sequence first in Osaka, not just because it's Berlin or where we're shooting it, but we know, okay, this is literally, this is the easiest one, Keanu. And it was the most technical learning all the numchecks. So he didn't mm. knock himself out. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So we wanted to get the skill sets done as quick as we could and anything that required a lot more training, like the driving, we tried to buy him more time to get better and better and better. Mm -hmm. But it, it's not just Keanu getting better. I have to get the drone guys there. I have to get the rehearsal. I have to get the stunt team there. And you can't really pull that together. You try to wait till it's as close as you can get it to shooting. Mm -hmm. So you get all the tools in the box at the same time and let them rehearse. So yeah, the Arctic Triumph was probably the trickiest and that's the one we pushed the latest. We shot the staircase last because we, by that point, we had rehearsed. We got the teams in. We knew what we were doing. Put all our energy into the Arctic Triumph, and then finish off with the staircase. But then, so describe a Chad Sahelski day and a Keanu Reeves day. Like you, you, <laughs> you wake up, you have breakfast. No, but like you, you shoot, then you go and rehearse, and then the weekend, same thing. Because it feels like it's like it's never ending. Yeah, right? no, we have a full rehearsal, uh, rehearsal team. Like we said, with those three stunt teams, so. 
when you see all the Osaka stuff and that, that, that was a convention center in Berlin. So we had a whole floor of that that was built into a rehearsal hall. Mm -hmm. So Keanu, even if he had a little bit to do that day, he was coming to rehearsal halls, so could be on set, see the other scenes, see other cast when we're working with Hiroyuki or Rina or anything like that. And as soon as they wrapped, they went to the rehearsal hall. So you're always, you just, they just change wardrobe and literally next door they're rehearsing. So there's always, at five days a week, there's always a rehearsal unit going. So if you're not on set or they'd wrap early or on their lunch, they'd go to rehearsal and we'd come back and go. So it was, <clears throat> it's fairly efficient. You know, if you, if everyone's enthusiastic about it, it's, it's, it's very efficient. Um, but we also, we, when you're working with your, your AD and your line producer, you know that you're going to be running this. You know that you're going to run on time and because of availabilities. So we look at the board very carefully and you'll always see the green panels. Like right? that's the rehearsal unit. Mm. And we have a second AD or our second second that's always work. You know, we just have an AD running that rehearsal running, unit. Yeah, yeah. And he does his own schedules and own stuff. That way we're maximizing every minute of the day and we're not, you know, no one goes, no one goes home early on John Wick. Yes. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I was getting at. Uh, uh, so, so Keanu, so, but do you take this in consideration? You're like, Keanu, I'm going to shoot you for four, four hours, five yeah. hours and the rest of the day. Because you're not going to go 10 no, hours on no. Keanu plus five hours. No, it's no. impossible. Well, yeah. if, we, if it's a full day with him, if it's, we, we back off. We know even uh, like, look, Keanu's done so much. His mind is very good. So he has a fantastic memory. So he's very good at that. It's just about at that point, especially when you're over 50 years old and you have an older cast and you're, you're putting so much on him, it, it's more of a challenge not to create injury and to give rest time. So once we lock, that's why we're so adamant about pushing pre-rehearsals so much. If I can get him to the spot where it's all locked in up here, we can back off a little on the physical training. And he's, he's just so good. You yeah, know, I tell you, he's tired. You have to, yeah. come on, stop, <clears throat> but stop. Good, good for the role, a little method in there. <laughs> Go up those stairs. He begged me. He said, see Chad, tell him to stop. Um, Post-production, uh, do you edit as you shoot uh, and, and if you do, does it help you? And do you pick up stuff along the way? Yeah, and everything? I, yeah. My editor's on there the whole time. He'll, he keeps putting it rough. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, uh, yeah. After a full I'm day of <laughs> ridiculously <laughs> anal about every fight. I mean, it's ridiculous. I shouldn't even do that. What you? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> no, horrible. <don't> <laughs> horrible. Um, I have my own habit. I do my own cut as I'm going, but during it, like Nate Orloff, my editor, he was keeping up just doing the rough pieces. I'm like, okay, I just, that's great. Good. But most of it's spent when we go back, I take a little breather and then it's just, you know, um, I had two editors on this, both amazing, Steve Marioni and, and Nate Orloff, and they were great. And, um, you know, when they come, they go, okay, you're the action. I'm like, no, no, no. I like, they each did their own version of each fight scene that you see before. They pass it back and forth. And we, we go back and forth and see. And surprisingly, you know, once they see like, I like the symmetrical editing of like, stay wide till we lose the energy, go here. I don't cut on the punches or kicks. I cut on the dead motion. Just simple little things like that, that we try to do. Um, it, they they did amazing work on a lot of the action. Like some of the, uh, funny enough, the the car sequence, the arc, like Nate, I think that's like 80% of what his first pass was. Yeah. Like, yeah, he kind of, and Steve's, what he was doing with the song, it's fairly close. Like they got it very quickly. Had they done the other John Wick movies? Uh, no, this is their first time. Their first both. time. Yeah. So, so, but did you fight, were they like action editors or? or? No, no, quite the opposite. That's why, yeah. Quite Cause you can opposite. sense yeah. that, you can sense that there's really a storytelling yeah, editing no, behind. Steve you know? is fantastic. He's been around forever and Nate's fairly, I think he'd done um, Ghostbusters Afterlife previously. Right? Okay. That was his yeah, first yeah. film. So this really? is, but he just, you know, you go, uh, when I was meeting editors, uh, my Evan Schiff, my, the, the person that had done the last couple, he was just unavailable at the time because of scheduling and COVID and stuff. Um, but they both came and they, you know, they both 
totally understood dance movies, like Singing in the Rain. They were great at yeah, yeah, the parade. Yeah. They were very good with dance movies and, and Wuja films and Zatuichi. They had all the right references. <laughs> oh, really? I'm like, I like you guys. Did you watch um, movies together? Yeah, we watched, I made him, I made him watch all the Leone stuff. Really? Yeah, they had, we had, we watched David Lean, all the Sergio Leone Westerns. I think I destroyed their brains with Zatoichi, like all like 26 <laughs> episodes of it. And uh, a lot of Kurosawa and what else? Oh yeah, I, I kung fu'd him to death with like Wong Kar Wai, Grand Master, oh, yes. of Time, right? Crouching Tiger, right? <laughs> yeah. But you can sense that we, you know, you can sense that this movie is really not, looking at itself. I mean, it's number four. It could very well be like, well, let's do the same thing, just yeah. bigger. It very much is inspired by, you know, other stuff, other, yeah. other ideas and definitely not action. You know, music, for example, as you yeah. said, you know, the beats, yeah. the music is amazing in your movie. Thanks. Had you, is it, do you ask your composer, is it Tyler, Tyler Bates? Tyler Bates. So Tyler, do you ask Tyler to give you stuff as you shoot, just to get stuff in your ear? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Again, the benefit of being four is we kind of already had like the John Wick theme going like, uh, Tyler Bates, he had done like 300, he does a lot of Zack Snyder stuff. He's got this otherworldly kind of vibe going on. Like he'll he'll take like Vivaldi, like a classical piece and he'll synthesize it and he'll add like an electric viola. Or I'm, I have a fetish with electric violins, obviously. Kind of. <laughs> so we'll always play with that. Like what's the, with Tyler, it's like, what's the rock star version of the Western theme? Oh, yeah. boom, 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 boom. You know, he'll play with that because he's a, a big strings and guitar guy. And then uh, his partner, Joel Richards, is really, really good at finding like um, atmospheric. So we did a lot more atmospheric in this. So you always, oh, there's always a tone or a beat or a click. And then we kind of, yeah, like we knew we wanted to end with the duel. It's kind of a Western vibe, as you can tell, right? It's like Butch and Sundance going to the top of the steps. So what's, you know, what's, if Sergio Leone had an electric rock band, what would that be? You know, kind of push them that way. But we do use a little bit of it to start setting the tone. And we're pretty, we're pretty intense on temp. We yeah. just don't go grab temp music. Yeah. We'll actually, you know, same thing. I bring them on pretty early for like a, just a chunk of post to give me like thematic sounding things. If I don't already have it in the library, then we'll kind of like the, the final duel, like we had a really rough cut. I brought Thailand like literally right when we started post just to give me atmospheric and some kind of just let them riff with like Spanish guitar stuff. So everybody knew, you know, everybody knew we we're making like a, 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 a fun version of Sergio Leone's yeah. you know, good, the bad, the ugly. So that, that set the tone. So when we're working on it, we always know, okay, keep the tone, keep it fun. Keep it, keep it like this, you know? That's great. That's great. Um, so you're done with John Wick. Do you just like <laughs> collapse? Are you exhausted? I mean, the thing for the audience is like this movie is both just exhausting to watch. I mean, you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. And at the same time, it's just like, it, it gives you energy. Like I came out of this movie, which I've seen, I've seen three times now, just so energized. <laughs> I was like, what? How does it feel to, to come out of this washing machine? You know, what, what's the... You know, one of my favorite directors is Bob Fosse. And like, he's got this famous quote, you know, the anxiety is killing me. I hope it lasts forever. <laughs> I think, I think that that's, you know, it's the same, you know, we, I, you guys all know, as you finish, you're like, ah, oh, relief. I wish there's so much more I could have done. And then you go to the next section, okay, I'm gonna do music. Oh God, I'm done, but ah, oh, I could have done more. Then you get out of DI and you're literally locking it the night you have to deliver. And you're like, ah, oh, I just, could I get and it? then you finally see it and you get another rush. And this time we went to like South by Southwest and yeah, that's the craziest audience on the planet. Right. And they cheer and you're like, oh my God. So you're, you're part exhausted and you're part stressed out how everyone's gonna react to it. But at the same time, you know, I'm super proud of my crew. I don't know what you think of the movie, but my crew is awesome. Oh, the crew is amazing. You're <laughs> like my amazing. My crew and cast are awesome. So. <laughs> 
Like that's, you watch it. And when people clap, you know, they're, and you, you remember what you put all those poor people through. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, okay. So was it worth a hundred nights? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That looks really good. It's good. And <laughs> I, I think that's the main thing, right? Like it's, that's what everything's supposed to do. It's supposed to give you that little bit of lift. It's supposed to exhaust you. And then you don't, you have, you didn't leave anything, you know, and yeah. everything went on the day threw everything on it. You know? You're amazing. I mean, you raised the bar for all of us. I mean, it was, you know, around the world, everybody's like <laughs> reacting the same way as we do. I mean, it, it, it's a game changer. No action movie will be the same after John Week 4. And so thanks. Thanks, Chad Chalhowski. See you, you later. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks. thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America 